Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact... You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Flurry Wobi. Mope, good control. What a strike! Neil Mope opens his account for Everton and in some style too. Instant control, brilliant finish. Neil Mope up and running in an Everton jersey. And Everton in front against West Ham. That noise, that reaction at full time, how much did that mean to you? A lot. It's a, it's a win. There's been a little while coming, but um, when I say that, I think we probably have deserved it somewhere this season already. It hasn't come, and that's not easy because the points reflect that. But we've been hard to beat recently. Um, we can bemoan a bit of luck in front of goal or, or lack of clinical finishing from us, and today we got that. So we were, I think we were really pleased with the performance. It was some good football at times, some real fight at times against a really good opponent, and um, it feels like a win that's sort of deserved because I think it's been coming. Hello Evertonians, this is the Toffee Web Podcast and we're back to celebrate an Everton win in the Premier League for the first time since May, if you can believe it. Prior to Sunday, of course, the last time the Blues had picked up three points was that mad night at Goodison against Crystal Palace at the back end of last season. But David Moyes came back into town and it's his hammers who go into the international break sitting in the bottom three, while the Toffees savour the giddy heights of 13th place. And the last time we were that high in the table was last December. I'm here with Paul and Andy to chat about the game and the continuing positivity around the team. Uh, Paul, you, you were there, and you're not the only person I've seen compare uh, the match to the days when Moyes was in charge at Goodison and when you titled your report uh, for the site something of a David Moyes throwback. It did have a, a bit of a keep it tight and nick one feel from both sides at times, didn't it? Yeah, and we'll take that all day, won't we, really, if um, being hard to beat. Um, it's it, it's great, isn't it? Just seeing, seeing us be, you know, be difficult to beat for the first time in... Since really, since Carlo Ancelotti was there, really, you know, what I mean, I think um, 
on a consistent basis, at least anyway. I think the last uh, last few games have been just just having that solid. It, it mostly seems to stem from when they finally went went to um, uh, four at the back and three midfield. I think really, I think an honor coming in. Um, persuaded them to start making that uh, three midfield. But it's good to know that was kind of maybe more of the plan because I, I felt, particularly when we signed Connor Cody, I I felt that we were um, in playing three, we were going to be playing three at the back for eternity. I felt that was there because there was all this talk of he can't play in the back four. That's why Wolves let him go, I think, wasn't it? Because the, cause the, 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 the manager didn't think he could play in the back four. And he's just, he's just fine in the back four. Um, I wasn't that that convinced by him as a signing, but hold my hands up. He's, he's, he's been fantastic. And just him and Tarkovsky at the back, just pull, get so much more out of the, the rest of the defenders. You know I mean? I think they're probably doing a good job of talking um, uh, Patterson and Mikalenko through games. Although those have got two, two quite young, relatively inexperienced in the Premier League fullbacks. And uh, yeah, just the, the shape of the team's looking really good. And players are standing up and being counted. And Begovic did, uh, had a good game as well. Did what you had to do. Just throughout the team, everyone's just scrapping and working for each other. And as they always say, if you can make yourself hard to beat and don't concede many goals, you always give yourself a chance. And uh, that's what happened. So um, we've played better than that on that one this season. So um, yeah, I was happy to take the win. It was an important one, wasn't it? With the, the international break, and you don't want to go into October uh, without a win. So uh, yeah, happy days. Um, yeah, it's good. Good. Good game to be at. Nice, um, nice to get the three points, and it's a little bit stressful. But yeah, you kind of like them sort of edgy, you see sort of sort of games, don't you? You know, what I mean, it's what you yeah. kind of go for, really. It's a really enjoyable day. Eddie, how do you see it? I was struck by several things during during that game, and I think the the first and most obvious one is that the confidence that the players are playing with, and these are players that uh, until then obviously hadn't won a Premier League game. Um, some of them had never won a Premier League game for Everton. Um, and yet they seem to play with a freedom, seem to play with a confidence in themselves, but also in what they were, had been asked to do. And that is like no other team that haven't won in six that I've probably ever seen before. You know, and it, 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 that really struck me, I think, more in that game. I mean, you know, obvious examples of that, are, you know, Patterson playing the ball out from right back instead of, you know, in, in, the, in, in the latter stages of the game, instead of just trying to hit the byline or hit, hit the, you know, hit the touchline and we'll go from there. He, he brought it down, played with Ghana Gay, played with Iwobi once, got the ball out properly. Um, I, I don't know whether that's the kind of, the, um, the the youth in him kind of uh, not not fearing, but it's a team that isn't playing with any of the Everton fear that we've been kind of accustomed to watching. Well, probably since you said the the, the highest league position since last December. Probably in that mm-hmm. time, there hasn't been an Everton team playing without fear, and it's just so lovely to watch. I mean, and Garner Gay obviously brings a lot of that with him. I think in terms of he he obviously. Is is not too bothered by the the last couple of years at Everton because he hasn't been here and he could just see the the confidence in him flowing through, and I I think that's just what struck me. It was it was a confident performance uh, from a team that had every right maybe for the confidence to be wavering slightly um, because of the results, not because of the performances. So that was that was one thing, and and another thing I took away from the kind of the whole experience of the. You know the the whole the whole match. You know from from pre match to, to the actual ninety minutes to after the game, the scenes. Then the other thing I took away was that 
it's a really simple thing, but everybody seems to want to be there. And that's something we haven't seen for a while either. I'm talking about the players. I'm talking about the staff. I'm talking about the fans for one. I mean, yeah, everybody, everybody there seems to want to be there and and wanted to do their bit, whatever it was. Um, and obviously, you can talk about players in that, but you know, the, the atmosphere for a you know a Sunday afternoon kickoff was 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 really good. Um, Lampard at the end going around the stadium after a 1-0 win at home to West Ham in September it, it clearly wants to be there and I think that's making such a difference and in in turn we want them to be there um, which has been a massive problem over the last 18 months obviously because we haven't wanted certain people to be there um, so yeah I mean so positive and just um very, very, very important to get over the line and get those three points. Yeah, yeah, it was. I think I mentioned uh, last week or the week before that you know there were so many times over the last few years that I personally, and I'm sure although I speak for others, have actively disliked certain players and and the team. You know, as a team as a whole, was was hard to like, um, and so to have certain managers. Um, you know, speaking of a uh, a certain. Uh, Red manager who's been spouting off again in the media again today, trying to um, <laughs> to uh, resurrect his resurrect his image. Uh, oh, and, I haven't heard anything. Oh, he he was going on about how him being a red and being from Liverpool meant that he couldn't make the changes that he wanted to at Everton to, to Everton to succeed. And you know, lots of people have kicked back on to, on uh, social media saying, um, you know, you got rid of the the head of the head of medicine and um, you know the director of football left, and uh, you know you sold you sold who was our, you know our best left back at the time. So I think he actually made plenty of changes, um, yeah. and was really was was establishing kind of like a vice grip on the club at the time, aided and abetted by you know Mashiri. I don't think he can have any complaints. I mean, we were terrible. Um, and, and that kind of goes back to what you were saying, Andy, about confidence. Um, you know, no one was saying it at the time, but you could read between the lines that confidence was crushed um, and, and by the end under Benitez. And Lampard made the same observation when he came in. He said, you know, that he came into uh, came to fix a broken club, <clears throat> and that was that was clearly in evidence in the way we were playing. You know, the the, the players' demeanour, um, and so. I completely agree that there is this confidence, you know, that's running through the through the team now, and it's running through the fan base, and that that will help, you know, push us forward. Um, and I actually think that, you know, the, the 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 general feeling around the team, even though we haven't won, has been positive in the last few weeks because you could see progress. You can see, um, you can see what Lampard's building, what's what he's trying to build, and obviously it's not there yet. I mean, you know, we're we're still not a free flowing passing team. Um, and we're still struggling to play out from the back, but there is a there's a there's an ethos there, and there's a there's a plan. Um, and you only have to look at you know the, the the context around teams like West Ham themselves and Leicester, where based on their expectations on where they finished last season, you know the 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 confidence is going the other way with those two teams, and they're they're struggling, whereas it feels like we're moving in the right direction, and that can only uh, can only benefit us in the in the coming matches. Didn't Rafa Benitez, um, what's it like, I don't know, won one, drew one, lost 12 in his last, like, 14 games or something ridiculous. It was, like, it was just such a ridiculous one. It was horrendous. Yeah, it was a ridiculous one. Yeah. There, was no, there was no alternative but to sack him. We were literally, going, literally only going one way. It was, it was awful. Um, 
Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Something that was struck me when what what you were saying, Andy, about like, isn't it good? Like everyone's everyone's enjoying it for once. Everyone's like together. The the players are, the manager is, the staff are, the fans are. It just struck me actually. For young supporters, this must be the first time it's actually been quite enjoyable. We're saying this with just one win uh, this season, but if you know I me, mean, the whole atmosphere going to the game now—it's—it's it's, it's a, a heck of a lot more enjoyable. The atmosphere around Goodison Park than it was last season. For sure, it was very, very toxic for long periods of last season. We weren't there for most of we weren't there for most of the Carlo Ancelotti period. It was getting very toxic under Marcus Silva. It was it was getting toxic. It was toxic under Ronald Koeman. It's been a long time since it's been. Yeah, I mean, a really pleasant. You know, enjoyable, enjoyable uh, atmosphere at Goodison Park, and there were young fans there who have been going, thinking, "Well, I hate this. I hate this, Dad. Why are you taking me to this?" You know, and um, <laughs> now it's like, hopefully, it's a bit more, bit more enjoyable again for them now. Um, yeah, so it just struck me then. It's um, it is nice to have everyone together, isn't it? And uh, yeah, let's uh, see how far it can take us. Eh? That surely comes from the top, though. It surely comes from... I mean, we've spoken before about how well Lampard has spoken from the minute he got in the door. And although, obviously, we're uh, you know, wide-eyed enough to know that that doesn't mean you're going to be a successful football team just because you speak well, but what he says and how he says it, it, it surely comes from that. Um, you know, that, that relationship and that kind of... Um, that honesty and that... Um, a bit of love back, you know. I mean, Marco Silva could be quite elusive and quite quiet. And you never really got... There was a couple of fist pumps, I remember, when we scored a goal or when something happened. But he was never really that kind of, um, I don't know, that animated guy. I mean, Carlo was different, but then you're right. No one was really there to enjoy it with him because the fans weren't there. And you go back to Koeman. I wouldn't say Koeman ever really wanted to be here. Um, you know, it, 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 so you go again, we back and back and back, and we haven't had that connection really, have we? Not not for a match day, you know, not in a match day scenario anyway. Because uh, although we all loved Carlo for however many months it was, I mean, it, you know, it, it wasn't so much a shared experience because we weren't there with them. Yeah, I think Lampard deserves an enormous amount of credit on that score. Actually, just in just bringing um, a, a positivity to it. Um, and restoring confidence in the players, you know, it's. I, I'm still baffled by the um, the sort of wider national media mm. um, perspective on him. And I think, as I think I retweeted something after Sunday's match that we're probably a couple of months away if things continue going the way they are from that turning and people suddenly now realizing the job that that, that Lampard is doing. Um, I think Chris Bascom. Put in the in his Telegraph report that if, if we finish anywhere around tenth, that'll be a, a you know a monumental achievement for Lampard. And you look at it now, and that's that's something that's actually eminently eminently achievable. Um, so I mean, well, no, we don't. No one's getting carried away. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's like you say, it's 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 enjoyable because there are players and managers, uh, the players and the manager who you want to get behind. I mean, you know, who doesn't enjoy watching Amadou Anana, you know, pick up a, a cell phone on the pitch and, and record himself, you know, and then hand it back to a fan. You know, you've got Itris Gay who just looks like he's absolutely made up to be back. Um, Nathan Patterson slotted right in. He's, you know, fist pumping and, and, and clenched fists for joy when we win. Same with Connor Cody, who, you know, Excuse me, Mr. Benitez, but it is possible to be a red and succeed at Everton. Um, I mean, right the way through the team, you've got players um, who you want to back and want to support. And, um, you know, I think the uh, 
the feeling is mutual. And then you add, you know, Neil Mope, who was clearly over the moon to, to score his goal. Um, I think you could tell that the, the, the miss against Liverpool really weighed on him and he wanted to make amends quickly. Um, and he did a cracking finish. I think the more, the more you watch that goal, the better it looks, um, you know, just the, 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 the control and, and to sort of, you know, that, that crisp finish from the position that he was in, uh, was fantastic. So uh, yeah, there's just lots, there's just lots to be encouraged about, even if we're nowhere near the finished article. I get, I get the impression that with Neil Mopai, that, that we, we might go on this roller coaster quite a lot. Um, if it, uh, <laughs> yeah. no, he's, he's a capable of doing what he did against West Ham, but also be capable of what he did against Liverpool. So it, you know, no, no one can no one can doubt the bits in between because he's clearly a functional forward and he knows the role and he, he plays it very well. Actually, I think. Um, but I mean, I suppose there was a reason he scored one in four at Brighton, wasn't there? Um, but um, yeah, we, we 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 may revisit this at times. But you never know. You never know. He he. he um, He's certainly got both elements in the locker, I would suggest. Yeah, I suppose just wish we'd have got him a little bit sooner, I suppose. I mean, like, like, let's give let's give Abbott and, uh, you know, transfer window, let's give him a pass on that instance because they, yeah, they did pretty well otherwise, despite a lot of reservations from all of us, let's be fair, uh, at various points over the summer and what we've ended up with. Like Mischievous said, to be fair, judges at the end of the window and for doing that, again, we've, we've been through this and, yeah, he, you know, he's saved on okay. But, yeah, just obviously with uh, with Dominic getting injured just before the season started, leaving us, well, even without London, obviously, because we, he was suspended. Just them games, you, you probably you know, pretty, pretty fair bet that we'd uh, that we'd have uh, well, we'd have won a game before before we finally did. I think yeah, if, we, if we'd have had a striker in there beforehand, you know, they were all very tight games, and just shows what a difference that makes, doesn't it? Um, the goal um, on Sunday, uh, the bit I loved the most was uh, a Wobie's run just off the back of the um, the back of his uh, back of his mm-hmm. marker, his runner. Just the, the, that's all it took, didn't it? Switch off for like a, a second. West Ham were pretty well drilled, I thought. I think the instructions seemed to be, all right, don't get too tight to it because he'll outskill you and just and leave you for dead. But block off all the little... Moyes is very meticulous to this sort of stuff. Block off all the channels, block off all the passes. And in the first half, he didn't really have anywhere to move, really, Iwobi. He didn't really have too many passes to find. But just just that split second, just that genius thing. He zipped it in. And um, yeah, the touch... Um, it just fell nicely, didn't it? It sat up. Whether you meant whether you meant to sit up like that or not, I don't know. But just the way it sat up, it's like, well, you got to hit that, haven't you? <laughs> just uh, to, seeing that fly in was uh, was was delightful. Um, great goal, and yeah, that's it. If it's a tight game, and that, and that's a, that's the beauty of just like like I say, keeping a clean sheet, keeping it tight, and making yourself hard to beat. You can just have that moment, and that's enough to win a game like that. And again, we did see that a lot of times under David Moyes. Just that one moment um, was enough, and. Uh, yeah, same again. Same again. And it just gives you more confidence going to say Southampton. They, they, I, I don't know if anyone was unlo- as unlucky as me to get to, to sit through Aston Villa, Southampton on Friday night. But gee whiz. That, yeah, I watched oh, it. Oh, gee whiz. That was a <laughs> was good horrible. game. It, yeah. I even went to the pub especially for it. <laughs> it's awful. At least you had alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was a dreadful match. Um, a really tough watch. But yeah, I mean, I was watching that game. I think I, I, I'm quite comfortable in saying we're better than both of these teams. But we're certainly better than Southampton. I mean, that, Southampton aren't always that bad. But yeah, hopefully... Just catch off at the right time, and we need we're due a win down there, aren't we? It's obviously we'll talk about more about that mm-hmm. next week, but um, 
it's been quite a long time since we've been at St. Mary's, so hopefully you can just go there a bit more, a bit more positivity and a bit more, a bit more freedom. And uh, yeah, it'd be great to get back-to-back wins, though. It would, but I think you're right that you know, um, I think with the even without Mope, I think with the just the confidence of the team, the the way we're playing, that we we go back to those matches beforehand, and I think we probably beat Forest with you know with that settled midfield that we have now, and 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 just the way that. Uh, the way that everything seems to be clicking. And then, of course, you add a natural striker and, you know, we probably get something out of the Chelsea game. We probably don't lose at Villa. So it's, uh, it, yeah, it is a shame that, that you know, Mope came in as late as he did. But, um, you know, I think as, this was always going to be a season of, 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 stabil- of stabilization and, and, you know, <laughs> dreaded word transition. Mm-hmm. Um, so as long as, I say, as long as we're moving in the right direction, um, and you know that we keep building that foundation, then um, you know I think it's I think that's fine. Um, and as you say, it, 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 it just it was just was one a case of one moment where everything came together. I don't think Alex Awobi um, makes that run last season or the season before. Um, and to be honest, there just wasn't enough of that kind of movement. Even you know I think back to the days when we were struggling at home under Ancelotti, just mystifying how how bad we were at home and there just wasn't in that kind of movement in midfield. And, and, you know, as you saw, it just takes one run like that to open up the space, um, to pick a pass and, and we scored. And, you know, it was one of those games where um, if it's not open and you're facing a really well-drilled defense like West Ham clearly were, um, I mean, you could see that um, credit to, to their back line that they would, anything that we crossed into the box, they dealt with um, in the air. Um, and if you don't have the threat of a Calvert-Lewin, then it's important that you do find a way of making the breakthrough and, and sort of grinding out a win. Uh, and for me, it illustrated where I suppose we are as a team at the moment. We've shored up defence. We've got that really strong midfield now. Uh, but in terms of creativity, we were, we're really reliant on Iwobi, um and Damari Gray to perhaps a lesser extent. Um, Anthony Gordon's best work is done in transition, really. Um, he likes to get his head down and run. He isn't really a player who who can consistently um, you know, unlock opposition defences with a pass and nor is Gray really, um, although he has that technical ability to beat his man, um, as we saw for the goal. He links up really well with Awobi. Um, and on the flanks, you know, Nathan Patterson, I think in terms of offensive output, um, there's a lot more to come from him, um, whereas perhaps Vitaly Mikolenko will probably be a more defensive. Um, and I think that's fine if you have one that that's, that can go forward really well, Um you know, one that that's kind of more defensively winded. I think it just adds to the balance of the team. So, I mean, until Calvert Lewin's fully fit and Matt Sharp and regularly starting games, I think um, we're going to see that kind of performance that we saw uh, on Sunday, um, particularly against that kind of well-drilled team or, or teams that come and sort of set up in a low block. Um, and there will be days where you know we're having to grind things out and win by the odd goal. Um, more Moyes throwbacks, I suppose, but. Uh, yeah, as you said at the beginning, you know, we'll take that. I think even the first half was quite like that, in that we had the ball just inside their half, and you look and you think, well, who's moving here? Where, where, where are the parts coming out of the, the shape to, to, to make something happen? And it, and it often ended with a kind of very predictable ball to the overlapping Nathan Patterson. And you think, well, I know where this is going. Mm-hmm. They know where this is going. Yeah. Um, and then when it yeah. got there, you're right. You're thinking, well, we're chucking it in to a West Ham box full of huge people, most of which don't play for Everton. Um, and, <laughs> and and I think it will yeah. maybe be a bit different 
Wayne Calvert-Lewin's in there. But I thought I, I was I was thinking the same in the first half. This, this is all very nice, but I don't think we're going to score a goal like this. Um, and I, I think Matt Patterson's actually got good delivery as well. I think he's what he's shown with the ball has been fantastic. But um, we do need the right players to unlock it. Um, I don't know actually what happens when Calvert-Lewin comes back either. Because let's say for the Southampton game, Calvert-Lewin's fit, Mopé's fit, Gordon and Gray are fit. Um, obviously, you've got the midfield as it is. I, I don't actually know what Lampard will do because it's almost it's almost feels like we, we're, we've gone through these stages and especially the last two games with Mopé and like thinking we're going to play a certain way. But then Calvert-Lewin kind of changes everything, really. Because he's not the same, he's not the same player as Mope, and he wants a very particular type of service, doesn't he? Which involves us probably playing with proper wingers. Um, and I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what will. I don't. I don't know whether that's a. It's a lovely problem, of course, when you've got your international forward coming back. But I, I, I don't know what he'll do. Genuinely, yeah, that's a good point. Um, I think, I mean, it's hard to drop Mopé at the moment, obviously, isn't it? Um, you think of going into the Southampton game, don't even Dominic's fit, you can't. You know, I don't think you can really drop him that soon. I think, really, is, is it a case of just bedding Dominic in for a little while? While he gets yeah, while he gets fully fit? I mean, at least I think if Mopé, particularly if Mopé can stay fit, and he's got a pretty good injury record, I believe, hasn't he? he doesn't, you know, and that he hasn't really had too many. Um, uh, yeah, you know, Maybe you can it just it just gives you that allows you that time to, to bed Dominic in. Whereas you know had he have uh, I don't know if we if we'd never signed Mopey, he probably would have been having to start games now, wouldn't he? Or certainly would have had to have been sort of thrown in again, which we've seen his injury troubles over the last year. So it's just nice to have that option again. And Rondon's still there, I suppose as well. So like the um, just nice to have them options, I suppose. Um, I don't know. Did he just sort of? Assess that and yeah, you know, see, see how it goes game in, game out until the um until the World Cup maybe, and then see you know I think it'd be unlikely for for Dominic to make the World Cup now. I, I imagine I mean he'd have to really come in and just put a, a heck of a runner runner games and goals together. But if you can maybe use that time to to get an absolutely spot on for the other side of the World Cup, and you know, maybe maybe that's maybe that's it. We go with Mope initially to start and then just see where we can bed Dominic in. But the good thing is it's it's a nice problem, as you say. Um it's um it's not a we're not used to nice problems. <laughs> <laughs> not too sure we know what to do with nice no. problems. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I think um you know Calvert Lewin I, I think we all expected to at least be on, on the bench on Sunday. And um when he wasn't I, I, that really was kind of alarming to me. Um just given how often he's sort of broken down over the last, you know, since the since, since the turn of the year. Um, but I think as long as Mope is fit, then I think I agree with you that we can use that to to slowly bring um, Calvert-Lewin back in um, and, and don't rush him because, you know, he is, he there with no other alternative apart from Salman Rondon, he is really, really important. Um, and so I think, yeah, we, we take that opportunity to, to bed him back in. But when... When they're both fit, I think uh, I think we touched on it last week. Where I see Mope f- fulfilling that Richarlison role, where he can play off Calvert Lewin. Um, uh, you know, he's great at holding the ball up. He's, you know, as we've seen, his his movement can be really good as well. Um, and so I suppose then the question becomes, who does who drops out? 
Um, you know, the way that Damari Gray has been playing, um, he, he, you know, he's, he's at times been more dangerous than Anthony Gordon. Um, Gordon obviously didn't have his best game on Sunday. Uh, so it's, it's, yeah, it's a tricky one. Um, and as you say, it's, it's a good problem to have. Um, but that's, that's the way I would be looking, you know, looking at it is that, uh, we've, we've always said that, you know, Dominic Calvert-Lewin has had some of his, his best and most productive uh, matches when he's played with someone, you know, to help occupy defenses and, 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 and the rest of it. So yeah, we'll have to see for me. The first, first thing is, is get him back fully fit. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I can understand the caution if, um, if it is still a little bit, you know, if it's, if it's not absolutely required that he's in the first team right now, then, keep him away from it as long as possible <laughs> until he's absolutely ready because yeah. um yeah he's obviously the difference between us you know being very competitive in a, in more games i would say there's a couple of instances as well like um like uh mid to late october we've got a midweek game away at newcastle and then the bournemouth game in the in the league cups midweek as well so we're gonna have like what essentially three games in a week at certain points, you know what I mean? So that, that there'll, there'll be times when it's obviously you, you can rotate the squad a little bit more as well and you can give them more minutes in one game and try try a couple of new things. So, um, yeah, I don't mind on the other side of the World Cup. I think the games will probably come quite thick and fast. So, um, yeah, it's, you know, you know, injuries will happen, suspensions will happen, et cetera, et cetera. He'll be needed. Don't worry about that. Um, it's, it's probably, yeah, we've only really got two strikers, you know what I mean? Essentially, really, I'm not really... Rondon isn't really being used, you know. I mean, really, well, you know, not 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 much, not much anyway. So, um, yeah, I think they'll they'll need to find a way. I think they'll, yeah, I'm not not too concerned about that problem. It's like I said, it's a nice, it's, it's a nice problem. Let's see how they resolve it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, one thing I wanted to um, talk about was corners. Yeah. Uh, first of all, on the on the defensive point of view. Um, is that we've now faced in the Premier League 65 corners so far and conceded just the one. Oh wow! Um, obviously, the, the one that we did concede was a was a horror show, but I think uh, it, it, it's um, the one at Brentford. But it, I mean, it, it really does uh, speak to the work that's been done on the training ground. Um, apparently, Ashley Cole has been heavily involved um, in, in sort of sorting this problem out. Um, you know, I, we, we, I think there were 14 that, that West Ham had. Um, and I think we faced 16 against Chelsea. Um, you know, the longer time goes on, the, the, the less you fear, <laughs> you know, the opposition getting a bunch of uh, dead ball situations in and around our box. Um, but like the problem for me is now at the other end. Um, now, this is not the question. We'll have to deal with that later. But a question is, what do we do about our own corners? Because we don't seem to have anyone on the team who can take a decent one with any regularity. Um, I mean, I suppose you could try... Patterson or Mikalenko, but they're so important in recovery, um, you know, to prevent the the counterattack that you really don't want to have, you know, either one of them regularly on corners. I wouldn't have thought, particularly Patterson, because he's been so good at, at you know at, at recovery. Um, so I suppose you left them with with um, Gordon and Gray, uh, neither one of who is whom is really um, passing the, the test at the moment. That's a good point, and it's something I've uh, thought about for quite a while, actually. Not so much the defensive side, but it's only when you unveil that start of 65 corners, whatever you said, uh, 
and just the one goal against Liverpool particularly I was impressed with how we defended and how we dealt with the corners there very resilient and um, yeah they felt just feel very defiant in them situations and we found a way to counter attack from corners as well which is uh, which which can be, which might might be effective throughout the season but yeah it's been a problem for a while I was thinking even like um, back into January when we were losing Luca Dean and what like. Besides which, he wasn't being being played anyway. I thought we've got no one who can put a ball in. Um, then Townsend got an injury. He, he can put an okay ball in, but it's been a problem for quite a long time. And we've we've gone from being blessed with um, James Rodriguez, Gilfie Sigurdsson, and uh, and Luca Dean, players who could all put a great ball in, to not really having anyone. Demarie de Gray is the best of a bad bunch, I would say. He can he can get it okay every so often. Think back to uh, the goal which Dominic Carvalho Lewin scored to essentially keep us up against Palace, for example. He's got he, he can do it tomorrow. Okay, put in a few corners, one at Leicester, which you know, which uh, we we scored from towards the end of last season. But you're right, you can't do it with regularity. Anything is better on free kicks than corner. The corner specifically seems to be the problem. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he can't put a good ball in with regularity. You're right. You can do it sometimes, but not regularly. Anthony Gordon, I don't really want anywhere near. I've just seen it too many times, not this season, but when last season when it went out before it came in, more than once. It was, <laughs> it was maybe like half a dozen times, I imagine, or something like that. Twice in the same game, I think, once against, um, who was it, uh, uh, Brighton. Um, so, yeah, it's um, it's definitely a problem. And I thought it might be somebody to try to address in the window. Is James Garner capable of, of anything like that? I wonder if he's a sort of player who might be able to sort of, uh, if he gets into the team. Um, I don't know if that's what he's been signed for, but I think we are missing a dead ball specialist, absolutely. Yeah, he is, apparently. Yeah, he, he, took, he took everything for Forrest. Did he? Um, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think, I mean, but I don't know how he's going to get in that midfield. Um, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we, could, we could do with a kind of hockey short cornered um, substitution, couldn't we? <laughs> <laughs> special teams <laughs> yeah because I mean from from our own corners I'm actually terrified we're going to concede a goal at the moment we're, we're that bad at them that um there was a couple of times in a in the few in a few recent matches where we've actually looked quite vulnerable from our own corner um mm-hmm. and, it, and and strangely we've actually looked dangerous from defending corners going forward like we did against Liverpool it's like it's completely flipped I was trying to think actually when you were talking when was the last time we scored a genuine goal from a corner and it was at Leicester wasn't it was that the Holgate. last time or was um, that was that a corner yeah but to be fair Leicester yes but it wasn't direct it didn't go directly in did it I think didn't it drop to Holgate first yeah, yeah I think Leicester had the worst record in the league by far of like uh, set of set pieces conceded yeah, you know, like they're like. I think uh, they still do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so can, um, can you remember an Everton goal that's been swung in from a corner, and we've won the first ball, and it and scored. The last time we did it, which actually the the very, the very kind of fact that there's such a gap there, hmm. that's quite shocking. I can't reel it off from the top of my head, and the last one was, but. I, I do recall the season before um, last on the Carlo Ancelotti. We had, if not the most goals from corners in the league, then certainly oh, yeah. one of the best stats yeah. corners in the league. I kept putting it up at every single corner, didn't I? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You, you, you'd wonder how you couldn't you just, even then. You couldn't remember any of them, but like it was. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I think uh, Calvert Lewin's absence mm. for most of last season probably plays into that, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, sure. And I mean, you know, 
maybe Onana will be a little bit more um, of a disruptive influence in the opposition box. Although we haven't really seen him for all his for all of his you know his, his brilliant potential, and, and I, well, I think we're going to love Amadou Onana, but I, I haven't really seen him impose himself in the opposition box yet, um, which I'd quite like to see. Um, he, he he had that one chance. Leeds, wasn't it? Um, it kind of broke to him on the back, yeah. and he kind of just hit the defender's head, really. But off a corner, off a corner. Yeah. Um, but I, yeah. I, I mean, that's the one part of his game that I'd quite like to see us. Well, we were clearly trying to exploit it on Sunday, but it, 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 he just wasn't. He, you know, he, he wasn't um, getting the better of those two West Ham centre halves, was he? But um, yeah, we, we we do lack that little. I think that will come. I mean, even even in Cody and Tarkovsky, you wouldn't say that. Especially in Cody's case, that you know, he's a he's a kind of a massively aerial. He's not aerially dominant, is he? Um, so yeah, maybe we we do lack the player on the, despite the bad deliveries as well. Yeah, you know, we, we we probably do lack those players in the box. Um, but as to who takes them, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't have any confidence that Damari Gray is actually going to put in a dangerous ball from a corner. Um, yeah, best of, best of a bad bunch, as I say. I think mm. he said it was likely to put a good ball, and that's that, that's the only thing. You might need four or five attempts to get one good one in, which given yeah. you don't really, we, we don't seem to get that many corners either. But I think nearly always the opposition stats are way feel like they are anyway. They're mm. way more corners than us, which is which is fine because we we found a way to defend them well. So that's that's okay. You can't you can't make corners happen. It's it's, it's the nature of it sometimes. But um, yeah, I think he probably needs like four or five to put one good in, one good one in, Anthony. You, you don't really have confidence in putting a good ball in. And other than that, there's no one else, I don't think, who, 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 would, who would take a corner in the team. Really. Mikalenko's taken a few every so often, mm. but not really with any real quality. You know what I mean? So I think he took one and then he went out for another corner straight after that against West Ham and he, he just ran straight back. He's like, not taking it again. <laughs> and so it was, it was back to the Marvy Gray again. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, it's something to work on. You know, at Finch Farm, and I mean, I'd like to see, in the absence of of them being able to consistently put a decent ball in from the corner, you know, the corner quadrant, is is to to mix it up a bit, have some 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 you know some trick, some trick corner plays. That's probably the next thing to to work on. Well, I can't believe I'm going to say this because because I hate them, but yeah, maybe a few short corners every so often, just try and get the uh, get the play going and get us. You know, just you see teams do that with some success. If yeah, maybe maybe just try and get a get a different angle on delivery and try to try something different. Yeah. It's a, you know, can't hurt to try, can it? I think it must be bad if we're talking short corners. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although do you remember the one against West West Ham last season at the, um, what's it called? The, the Olympic stadium where they took a short corner and then got themselves offside. I think like uh, <laughs> Craig played it into Wobie and he played it back to him. He was offside. Oh. <laughs> that's always the that's always the danger of the short corner, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, but in in general, the set pieces thumbs up. You know, um, especially from a defensive point of view, they're much much better. Yeah, yeah, and that's you know certainly something that needed to be addressed, and they've done it, which is you know fair play to them. Uh, that wasn't uh, the question, but we'll move on to the question now. And in the spirit of uh, Neil Mopé getting off the mark, this week's question is, what is the best first goal you can remember from an Everton player? I suppose it could be the most important first goal, or it could be you know, just the, the, the nature of the goal itself. But uh, Andy, why don't you go first? The one I always remember um, was 
at Anfield at the cop end. Uh, it's not Matthew Pennington. Um, <laughs> uh, it's Andre Kinchelskis. Um, and I always remember the commentary as well. It was Clive Tildesley, and he said, Kinchelskis, yes, that must have been how it was in his dreams last night or something along those lines. And I always remember, yeah. like, wow, we've got Andre Kinchelskis and he's just scored against Liverpool at the cop end. And he got, only got two that night, didn't he? And we actually won at Anfield, but... I always remember that, that that first goal. It kind of it, it hit the post so hard, and yet still went in. Um, and I, yeah, I mean, that was a that was a bit of like magical time for me. At, you know, and Everton. You know, I was in my mid-teens. We just won the FA Cup, or not long back anyway. We were signing players mm-hmm. like Kanchelskis. We were, actually went to Anfield and did something amazing, amazing um, time to be a, an Everton fan. And, Remember that in the Danka kit, he was kind of overjoyed at Andre Kinchelski. So I remember thinking, wow, we've made it. Um, so yeah, and I'm, I'm, I'm positive that was his first goal for Everton. So you know, if you're not going to do it at the Gladys Street end, you just as well do it at the cop. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I'd, I'd forgotten that was his first goal. Actually, you're right, it was. I'd, I'd completely. I was thinking. I was trying to think about Kinchelski earlier, but I, I couldn't recall. Um, but you're right. That would that that'll be that'll probably be the best one. That's certainly gonna. I'll, I'll do well to follow that. I'll try and follow that with um with a 16 year old James Vaughan who um oh. in against the uh, Crystal Palace in a four nil rout. I think it's fair to say. Um, because we saw Rooney earlier that season, and obviously he was. Very famous to be in the 16-year-old Premier League goal scorer, youngest ever goal scorer for Everton, etc. And um, yeah, we're feeling up against Palace, and uh, yeah, David Moyes threw James Vaughan on, and he got on the end of a, I think, a Kevin Colban cross and nodded it in four 0 It was just party time because that was the season we finished fourth. It looked, it felt like another very, very positive step in towards us qualifying for the Champions League that season. And uh, yeah, and obviously to sort of, and there was a lot of obviously bad feeling towards Wayne Mooney given that he'd left, and to to be able to sort of, you know, stick that up it a little bit, you know, with um, you know, a, a younger, you know, a player come on and scoring a goal younger than what Wayne Mooney was when he scored his first goal for Everton was just a nice touch really, and it was it was it was very really, very it was great for the young lad as well to come in and score that, and yeah, that was a that was a really good memory of mine. That's, that's the one I could think of. Um, I was scrambling around though. I didn't get back getting back from work till about seven and start recording at eight. So seeing that and having dinner, I didn't have a lot of time to research. So that's why I didn't I didn't get around to choosing Kinchelskis. <laughs> <laughs> I like that one though. Vaughan's a good one. I, I forgot about James Vaughan. That that goal. I forgot about that one because he was that that was a his face was an absolute picture, wasn't it? Yeah. Like he, he, he couldn't have been. The facial expression couldn't have been happier and like shocked, almost shocked at what he'd done. Um, yeah, can you, ima- can you imagine at six? I mean, you were saying just like what when you're like 13, 14, say, or like, oh, whatever, yeah. you know, how, how much it meant to see Andre Kinselska score a goal. Imagine just a couple of years older than that, and you're actually scoring yourself, and yeah, it's must just be like unreal. And I think to be fair, like Rooney, blame you again, even his wildest streams before he was 60, I bet he couldn't believe he'd be, he'd be doing that, but. If it was obvious, it really must have known that he was going to have a career. You know what I mean? Because yeah. obviously what everyone was saying to me, people were fighting over him, you know, when he was like 13, 14 years old to try and sign him, really. That probably wasn't the case with James Vaughan. You know what I mean? So probably what it, that probably even the start of that season, 
you probably wasn't expecting game time. You know what I mean? So to go on and score, you know, and, and, and score there uh, in the Premier League game. And then, yeah, it's a shame. Obviously, it was always be a shame because of his injuries, James Warren, won't it? Because he uh, was a good player, um, too tenacious, probably. Just, uh, you know, probably for his own good. You know what I mean? Go into stuff which he shouldn't often get himself injured too often. But um, good player. He's back at Everton, isn't he, Vaughan? I'm pretty sure he's back in sort of stuff, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, yeah. academy head of um, head of loans, is it? Loan? Yeah, head of loans, yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. good to have him back. Good for him. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, those are those are, those are some good shouts. Uh, the Kanchaskis one, I, I like you, Paul. I'd actually forgotten that 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 those two goals were his first. <laughs> what a way to, to first score your first two goals, <laughs> and obviously um, Duncan Ferguson's uh, oh, first yeah, was also course, yeah. I mean, it was yeah, a, yeah. a massive one. That was the one that always comes comes to mind and I'd actually forgotten I thought that Wayne Rooney would be the obvious one but obviously he'd scored in the um, in the league cup before that hadn't he so it wasn't it was his first Premier League goal for Everson but it wasn't his first one um so uh, yeah the, the more I kind of went went down the list there's quite a few there's um, obviously Romelu Lukaku's first at West Ham that one where he knocked himself out that was a fantastic first goal and a brilliant way to win the game which I, I think that was the one that had the the, the two Leighton Baines free kicks yeah Fantastic! Um, that was when we we really thought we were going somewhere under um, under Martinez. Um, there's uh, Luca Dean's free kick against Watford. I think that was a thirty yard screamer. That was another one that that came to mind. Is that his first goal. Um, I think wow. it was his first goal for us, Gosh, wasn't it? Yeah. Against Watford, that one. Well, in that um, in that really strange Watford game where everything happened in the last ten minutes. Yeah, I think it was a it was a two equalizer in stoppage time. I think wasn't it? It was two two. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I think that was yeah. that was his first goal. If I if I, if I recall correctly, um, uh, Gilfie Sigurdsson's bizarre one in in, in split from oh, that halfway well, line. That was another first goal. And then obviously last season, Mikalenko's at Leicester. So of those course, is, yeah. I, have, I can't really pick a favorite out of those, but so those are the ones that my favorite ones that that I kind of rattled off as I was looking down the uh, the list. So there's there've been some good ones. There've been some good ones. Another one, another one I had just written down there was um, Darwin Gibson's against Manchester City. I don't know how many of did he even score another goal for there, but I'm not sure. But uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't he, know. Did he? he scored. He scored on the edge of the box anyway, and like bought the house down in an evening game at Goodison. Um, well, that was his first goal. That's right. I suppose for him being ex-Man U, it probably meant a lot. Meant a lot to score against Manchester City, but uh, yeah, that was a that was a good one. But. Yeah, I didn't think long. I didn't think long and hard enough. Obviously, some of the better answers are right in front of you, aren't they? And Andrew Kinsella, and Duncan Ferguson, <laughs> really. So, um, well, yeah. as you said, you didn't have much time. We had more time to, <laughs> to noodle it through. So, <laughs> I was just yeah. trying to think. Um, was it just an amazing debut, or did he score? James McFadden. I think he didn't. He play in a. Didn't he first play in like a home game? Or oh, I want to say it was against Leeds or something, and he won quite convincingly. But what did yeah. he just play really well, or did he score? I think he just played really well. We won. Ah, okay. Ferguson got a hat trick, and no, Steve Watson got a hat trick. Sorry, and Ferguson got one. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. And I, I just yeah. remember, I remember thinking, "Wow, we've got one here." Um, and like, I didn't think he'd scored. No, I didn't think he'd scored. Yeah, there are some good ones in there. A good question there to send us into a relatively uh, stress-free international break. I, I just the overriding feeling now is that it's going to be okay. Like, <laughs> yeah, this is that kind of mm-hmm. just like, almost calmness. And I know we haven't got a game this weekend, so it's easy to be calm when you haven't got a game coming. But it's just a 
I'm, I, I think we're going to be absolutely fine. Um, and whether that means anything outrageous, probably not. But um, I, did, I, I did allow myself to think over the weekend of our conversation about the last European night at Goodison being in, you know, being very much in the past. And I thought, oh, could we? I mean, maybe that's a bit far down the track for now. But um, I just, yeah, I just, I just, that's the way I came, you know, I, I finished watching the game at the weekend and I thought that team's going to be absolutely fine in this league. And that was a really nice feeling to have, knowing that that team can be bang average. What 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 is uh, no, notable for me is that perceptions of people are beginning to turn. So about people I'd speak to before the season started or the first few games, every man and his dog, whether that be a pundit or mates, whatever, were like, "Oh, how do you reckon Lampard's going to do?" And everyone was like convinced, almost willing him to be sacked first. Um, <laughs> and oh my God, Everton are doing rubbish. They're going to go down. They, they, you haven't signed anyone, etc. Cetera, et cetera. It almost felt like everyone wanted it. Like mates just like gloating a little bit like oh yeah you guys aren't going to do anything and uh just like people now just you can tell that they just changed the reaction like in what in work uh our supplier is a big bolton fan and all last season as we were sort of scrambling towards just about staying in the league it's just that, that sort of smug like uh you know yeah you know the look <laughs> you give you i mean like uh that wince <laughs> what do you think of everton sort of wince you know like a um and yeah, and yeah, and he just just this season, he just like really sort of changed his tune. And he just, I saw him just there. He's yeah, he you'll be okay. <laughs> so I think so. <laughs> and, uh, so that's a lot. That 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 means a lot compared to where we were. So yeah, I think we will be okay. Okay, Blues. Another fortnight's break in the schedule to deal with before a busy October that will see Everton play six games, starting with a trip to Southampton. Uh, we might take a break next week. We'll see. But uh, if not, we'll return uh, after the Saints game to discuss that one. Until then, thanks again, as always, for listening. Take care and up the toffees. Kanchelskis. Ride out. Kanchelskis! Yes! Andre Kanchelskis has scored his first goal for Everton. And he scored it against Liverpool at the top end. I should think that's pretty much the way he dreamt it last night. Ebrill. Limpa. Scott Stewart and Konchelskis ahead of him. Andre Konchelskis. Oh, 2-0! It's Andre's day. Everton lead by 2-0 and Konchelskis has got them both. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.